Hey, Scott and John here with Bible Mysteries. We want to thank you for being a listener, but we'd love to invite you to become a subscriber. Absolutely. This will only help us to expand the amount of people that we're able to reach and show the secrets in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. And if you subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast, you get some great benefits. Access to every current episode, the full thing, even with our interviews and any special events we do. Plus, we have downloadable show notes. We have our community forum and Slack that you can join. And we have our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter. So for just $7 a month, you can help support us get the word out and defeat the satanic global elite. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 114, The Mystery of the Holy Ghost. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Hello, welcome back to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. And I'm John Potts. And this is the show that talks about the things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. They sure don't. They want you to know the things we discuss because they're trying to keep you in the dark from what is really going on out there. Mm -hmm. So we're going to discuss some of those things today, Uh, John. But before we begin, as always, I want to mention some of our new seekers. Awesome. We decided we're calling our premium podcast subscribers The Seekers. Because uh, we're all really seeking yeah. the, the truth yeah. of what's going on. So we're going to give a shout out today to 12 more seekers. And that would include Marianne T., Lucia D., Milton D., Sophia O., Gretchen L., Ivy A., Terry K., Donald L., Christopher B., Tracy J., Chad J., and Holly uh, didn't give us a last name, but I think it's an H. So we'll say Holly okay. H. All of you, thank you so much for subscribing. Uh, we're going to continue to give shout-outs as long as we can because we keep adding. Yeah. We keep growing. So thank you so much for that. I think it's fantastic. We really appreciate it. So we these are the Seekers. Make sure, Seekers, that when you do um, subscribe, that you're following the instructions in the welcome email that you get to both activate your subscription so that you're getting the premium content from the podcast, but also you're going to be receiving our Bible Mysteries newsletter, which is going to come to you from something called Constant Contact. Okay. All right? And you may not have Constant Contact saved in your contacts, so you want to check your spam or junk folder. Uh, to find that because we want you to access all of the content. Uh, you're going to have a link to join our Slack community forum where you can ask questions. And then the newsletter includes we answer questions, I write articles, and we also have little video shorts called On the Patio, mm-hmm. which we want you're you to great. take advantage of. Yeah, thank you. So be sure that you're taking advantage of all of your um, perks for being a seeker and that you're connecting your subscription service to the premium version of the podcast. All right. And having said all that, John, one more reminder we want to tell people that um, we are encouraging those who haven't subscribed yet that if you will subscribe, I guess I might have to reach down here because I forgot to pick up our books. we did an interview a few weeks ago with the brother Gary P. Miller, who wrote these books here, Creation in the Beginning and Hell, God's Prison. And for those who subscribe in the month of November, we're going to send you a free copy of one of these books, and uh, we'll pay for the shipping. That's awesome. So, yeah, please take advantage of that. If you needed some additional incentive, it's only 7 bucks a month uh, to join. And you can do a yearly subscription if you prefer. You've got that option. But this is just another little incentive we're throwing out there for the time because Gary kindly sent us a few copies yeah. of his book. And he did a fantastic interview, too. He really did. a lot did. of knowledge in it. A lot of wisdom. And he writes in a way that even I can understand. <laughs> 
simply and concisely, which I really appreciate. And speaking of, uh, of um, discussing things like we did with Gary, uh, we want to remind folks that, Lord willing, our plan is to have a Bible Mysteries Conference. Yeah, the very first. The very first one. We're going to hopefully start this and maybe it'll grow to an annual thing. But save the date for us. Pencil it in. It's January 22nd of 2023. Uh, it's going to be a conference with uh, the guest we have uh, planned is Ryan Peterson. Yep. He's the author of The Judgment of the Nephilim and the Final Nephilim books and study guides and series like that. Uh, Ryan's just a fascinating author and just a wonderful brother in Christ. We are planning to discuss the seven seals of the book of Revelation, but we would love your input into topics you would like us to discuss as well. We might be able to cram in more than one. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so we, we plan on doing a little Q&A while we're there. So absolutely. send us your questions. Yeah. And I, my wife and producer Sandy is working on some kind of a uh, pricing structure so we can pay for the expenses of the conference. Uh, it's going to be in Seguin, Texas. Mm -hmm. And as of right now, it's going to be at something called the Texas Theater, which is an old remodeled theater. And uh, we're thinking about having a VIP little um uh, reception yeah. before we start where you can do a meet and greet. And so there might be a little extra bonus if you pay for that tier ticket. And so we're, we're going to make sure we get some things available and for Seguin, you. Seguin, for all of you out-of-towners, right, or folks from outside of Texas, Seguin is right in the middle of San Antonio and Austin. Yeah, it's, it's between. So you can make a whole weekend out of it. You can yeah. go to downtown San Antonio, see the Alamo. You can go to downtown Austin, although I don't know what you'll see in downtown Austin. <laughs> I, I, I was shudder to think what <laughs> you might because see. Because I live in Austin. I know what you'll see down there. In don't downtown go down there Austin. at night. <laughs> well, you're right, though. San Antonio is a huge tourist oh, yeah. spot. There's lots of things to see there. So and there's if you the make hill a weekend country it, and everything. So it's yeah, great. That's right. This this will be a Sunday. So, um, you know, and in January, it's kind of dismal and cold outside. So it's a perfect time to spend a weekend. You know, you could you could go see the Alamo. And even though you'll be partly outside, you can go inside and watch yeah. the, the well, film of the history know. of it. Sometimes you know? we get a 60 degree day in January. That's true. It's, you never know. With, and by the way, if you decide to travel down here from up north, it will actually be an improvement. Oh, I guarantee you. You'll love <laughs> on it. On the <laughs> weather. <laughs> so, yeah, look for that. January 22nd. And we're excited to about it and looking forward to getting together yep. with Ryan and myself and yours truly, John. Yeah. So um, today, John, we're going to talk about the mystery of the Holy Ghost. Okay. You know, I, I've got to say that a, a subscriber, one of our seekers, and a dear sister in Christ, and her name is Dawn, she wrote something in our Slack community, and it was funny how she was trying to say, hey, I learned something that you said here in this Bible message. But what she wrote taught me something that I went, wow, what an epiphany. And okay. it was, you know, so we, it's iron sharpens iron is my point. And I yeah. thank Dawn for writing this. And I want to cite exactly what she wrote. She said, the Holy Spirit to me was always part of the Trinity, but I never really thought of him as a person, kind of like a spirit type of thing. When my heart realized he is a person, just like the Father and the Son, it was like when I first really believed on Jesus. Even now, as I'm writing this, it is so. I don't really know the words to explain it. There are no words. I now have a personal relationship with the Spirit also. I mostly always have God's peace, but now I can really, really feel the comforter. I guess I totally feel comforted. It's like being wrapped up in the softest, fluffiest pink blanket. And I thought that was very well put, Dawn. Thank you for sharing that. And I got to tell you, your words actually showed me something. It was a real eye-opener to think that I kind of had a similar thought because hmm. God used her to give me the same epiphany that she had. Yeah. I always considered the Holy Spirit to be a person of the Godhead and the Trinity, but it never occurred to me that we can have a personal relationship with never the comforter. Yeah. I've always thought of it as a thing and not a person. You know, to be completely honest, I've never truly understood the Trin the Holy Trinity and how it works together. And yeah. I've always thought maybe it's beyond human comprehension to a point yeah. to fully. And I understand the Father and the Spirit, but this is going to be a great podcast for me because I'm going to learn what, what the, you know, the Holy Ghost ties into that whole thing. Absolutely. I, I really do think that it's, and it, it kind of gets back to that whole thing about spiritual things. You know, the Bible is an Oriental book. It's an Eastern book. I mean, everything okay. about it is, we might call it the Middle East, but it's still the East. Yeah. You know, yeah. the land in which it was written, the time in which it was written, and the, the understanding in which it was written, accepted and looked at the world through a spiritual lens. 
they understood demons, they understood angels, they yeah. understood God's spirit in the Bible. And in the Western world, we're governed and dictated by German rationalism, by scientism, yeah. by things that discount the quote-unquote supernatural yeah. as being hokum. Yeah. You know, I can't see it. It's not tangible. Therefore, it doesn't exist. I can't prove it empirically with the scientific method. Therefore, it's not real. Yeah, it's ghost stories. Ghost stories. Yeah. yeah. And so we, we in the Christian community have been influenced negatively by that to our detriment, like we talked about in the Unclean yeah. Spirits episodes. So we want to look into the meaning of what the Spirit of God is and understand it. And we can start with the word Spirit itself, or in this case, the word ghost, because it's the same thing as we're going to find out. When you look up in a Greek concordance, the word for ghost is the Greek word pneuma, and it's okay. spelled with a P, and you recognize it when you think of things like pneumonia, pneumatic tire, you know, that's why there's a P in there, because it's from that Greek yeah. word. But the word pneuma is the third person of the triune God, the Holy Spirit, co-equal, co-eternal with the Father and the Son. So that's what we're going to focus our discussion on today. But this is just one of the strongest definitions of it. Uh, it's sometimes referred to in a way which emphasizes his personality and character, the Holy Spirit. It's sometimes referred to in a way which emphasizes his work and power, the Spirit of Truth. So we're going to see why maybe sometimes the Bible is referring to him as the Holy Spirit or as the Holy Ghost. Okay. The words ghost and spirit are the exact same words, pneuma in Greek. Okay. But why use different English words for the same thing? Because it has something to do with its function, its characteristics. Hmm. You know? Okay. Just as we saw there were certain type of unclean spirits, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Yeah. Well, the Holy Spirit is one person but sometimes he manifests or does different actions. And therefore, this particular function of the Holy Ghost might be different than the Holy Spirit. But it's the same person. Wow. You know? Okay. Like somebody might know you as John the father of three kids. Mm -hmm. And then you might be John the husband of one wife. You might be John the co-host of a podcast. Yeah. Same person, but different functions. I didn't realize I was so many things. And <laughs> <laughs> notice I listed three. You really built me up there. <laughs> And so the spirit in, in the word pneuma is never referred to as a depersonalized force. And I thought that was fascinating that that is actually a defining statement in the Strong's Concordance. Never referred to as a depersonalized force. And I think I'm guilty of thinking of it just that way all my life. A depersonalized force. Hmm. Recognizing the Holy Spirit as God's Holy Spirit, but never thinking of, like Don expressed, having a personal relationship with him. Yeah. You know? And so we're going to look at that and see if maybe we can give you some insight into the Holy Ghost to realize that you, too, can have a relationship with him like you have with the Lord wow. Jesus Christ and God the Father. You know, we think about when we are baptized into the body of Christ by believing on him, it's the Spirit that does the baptizing. Yeah. And we, by that Spirit, call God Father. And in the Bible, it's Abba, Father, which is a personal. Yes. It's like Daddy. You know, yeah, yeah. and then we definitely think of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We have a personal relationship. Yeah. He's our Savior. But I always thought of the Holy Ghost as just sort of that thing that is the sparkle around the cake. That's or something. me. Yeah, it's you know? so easy to understand the concept of Father and Jesus Christ, but then the Holy Spirit. I'm just kind of I don't even know how yeah. to comprehend that. We right? didn't know. Do I talk to it? Can I pray to it? I mean, there were all these questions that yeah. I never considered. And, and yet now I'm asking the question, how can the person of the Holy Spirit not be recognized yeah. when it does so many things for us? So we're going to see uh, throughout this, this episode that he's called truth. Okay. Okay. He's called the comforter, which we already yeah. mentioned. He teaches us. He makes intercession for us. He helps our infirmities, and he seals us. And that's a short list wow, of okay. things the Spirit does. So he's so much a part of our lives, our salvation, our sanctification, that it's it's silly not to consider him as part of God and a person. Mm -hmm. you know? So we're going to okay. look at those several things. Let's start with him called the truth. And we're going to go to 1 John chapter 5. And this, of course, ties into him being the teacher, because what does he teach? He teaches truth. So we'll go to 1 John 5, and we'll read in verse 6. And we talked about this passage when we talked about um, 
the uh, the blood and the water, yeah. right? But it says, this is he that came by water, Christ and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is truth. Hmm. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Well, if we pray to the Father through the Son, we pray by the Holy Ghost that makes intercession for us. The three are one. There are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. And it's interesting to note how three ties into God's plan. You know, he is a triune mm-hmm. God, one God in three persons, Father, the Word, Son of God, and Holy Ghost. Yeah, We are three in one. As a person, you have a soul and a spirit and a body. Yeah. So you're a triune entity as well. Yeah. And those threes, you know, we're going to find out, I think, at the, when the new heaven and the new earth are made, that it's the third earth mm-hmm. and the third heaven, really. Perfect when heaven. you, uh, you and, and Gary Miller talked about some really good examples of how God yeah. uses threes other. Absolutely. Also, you know, it, whether it's state, uh, states of matter, I believe it yeah. was. Yeah, oh, he, he mentioned other, those, yeah. yeah. Solid, liquid, and gas. Yeah. Right, that's earth, right. wind, and fire. Yeah. That's the best band in the world. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hands down. That that's that's another proof that God exists. <laughs> because they are they are surely divinely inspired in their music. No. I'm only kidding, but I do love Earth Wind and Fire. <laughs> so the Holy Ghost is one with God and the Word and is very much a person of the Trinity. So there's no reason why we shouldn't consider him as having a personal relationship. And it is a he. We're going to see that he's even given gender. Okay. in the Bible. So we'll hmm. go to that shortly here. But he's also called the Comforter. And we're going to see that in the book of John, the Gospel of John, rather than the Epistle of John. And John chapter 7. And uh-huh. Jesus actually introduces him to us as the Comforter. I'm wondering if it was Don, right, that wrote you that? that Don is Don. I'm wondering if Don got the word Comforter in her note from what you're about to talk about. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she, she okay. yeah she referred to him as the comforter when she when she recognized him as a person. Uh-huh. And suddenly that term became meaningful to her. Yeah. I think that's what she was telling me. Uh, that that you know that Holy Spirit instead of just being this thing floating around out there like a cloud. Yeah, it's no, he's my comforter. And she definitely got. So Dawn has definitely done some some Bible study. She has. She, she knew more than I did. I saw that, and I was like, "The Comforter." I've never heard that. So. Kudos to Don. We're going to yeah, send her a book. Absolutely. Well, she's getting half a podcast right now. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So John chapter seven verse thirty seven. We read this: um, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, "If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink." He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. And that's not even something I'm going to go into today, Mm -hmm. as the Spirit as rivers of flowing water. You know, rivers of living water, excuse me. Uh, and he, John even says there, he spoke of the Spirit. So the Spirit, another thing that we didn't even list, and he's, uh, he is uh, rivers of living water in yeah. us. And that, again, has to do with the truth by which we are comforted. Hence the reason he's the comforter. But here's what we were seeing in verse 39, that the Spirit was not yet given. In other words, the Holy Ghost that indwells us was not yet manifested because Christ had not made way for it. Yeah. He would have to die first and pay for sins. Verse 40. Uh, well, I don't need to go on for there. The word comforter, actually, that's not the passage that he's listed there, but we'll see that in a moment. Okay. We're going to go to John chapter 14 for that. But I wanted you to okay. see the fact that he was not yet given, and he would only be given if the Lord Jesus Christ went away. Yeah. So go to John 14. Yeah. Yeah, I looked at John 7 thinking he mentioned the comforter there, but he doesn't mention it there. He mentions it in John 14. And we'll start reading in verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you, but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost, 
whom the Father will send in my name, shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. And you have to think about it. You know, all the things that Christ said to them in three and a half years, how could they have remembered all that? They didn't have recording devices, you know. Mm -hmm. And so later on, they would write these books, and in particular, John, Matthew, uh, and later Luke and Mark would write these books or the epistles such as First and Second Peter and James and Jude. Yeah. And um, it was the Holy Ghost that brought it to the remembrance, you know. At one point it said that he opened their understanding so they understood the scriptures. I think that's when they received the, the spirit of understanding. They were baptized by the Holy Ghost at Pentecost 50 days later, but they still had their spiritual understanding opened by the Holy Ghost yeah. too. And notice Comforter there is a capital C. A proper noun is given a capital letter. And that only happens when it's a person. Or, I mean, a place or a city, true. That's true, too. But you're talking about for where people are concerned. It happens to the people or him being the third person of the Godhead. Right? So here we're already seeing the personification, if you will. That's not really fair to use because he's always been a person. Yeah. And you personify that which is not a person. So that's probably the wrong term to use. But for me, he became real. Yeah. You know, he's becoming a real person <laughs> rather than just an entity. And as we've already read, we're going to delve into it a little bit more. The Holy Ghost teaches us. Yeah. So he would bring him into remembrance of all things and also teach us that which hasn't yet been revealed. Go with me to 1 Corinthians. And for that, I mean until the Word of God was fulfilled, not for you and I today. Uh, which is not to say the Spirit can't reveal some things to us uh, that we didn't know that are specific to our lives that aren't necessarily contained in the Scripture. You know, okay. The Spirit might lead you to do a certain thing because it knows what the will of the Father is. It's not written down in the Bible. But when it comes to fulfilling the Scriptures, I believe when the Holy Ghost did that, there's nothing more to be revealed about the Word of God. Yeah. You know, as far as there's no more additional words to write. He may open our understanding of things that he wouldn't allow anyone to know until now. And incidentally, John, that tells me that the timing of things is really fascinating today. A lot of people are coming to understand some things about the scriptures that a hundred years ago would never have been considered. Absolutely. You know, and I think the spirit It's like an awakening. Yes. I think the spirit is doing that. He's revealing them in his time. Isn't that part of prophecy though where it says that knowledge will increase? Yes. Yes. And the secret things belong to the Lord, to the uh, to the children of God. First Corinthians chapter two, Paul writes these words in verse nine. He says, um, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Men are not going to find out those things on their own. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Hmm. Holy Spirit there. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. This is pneuma, ghost, spirit, same word. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. So the Spirit searches all things. And so we we see in verse 10 the word Spirit is God's Spirit because it's a capital S, like Comforter. Mm -hmm. In verse 11, we see a Spirit of a man as a small s because that's not God's Holy Spirit. So we have a Spirit that allows us to communicate. You and I as human beings, as long as we speak the same language, can have a conversation. But to me, this verse is saying if God were to just... uh, speak his wisdom to an unsaved person, it would be like you trying to teach algebra to an ant. You know, the things of God, the deep things of God are beyond our understanding. Only the Spirit of God can teach us, and we have to receive a Spirit that can be taught in order for the Spirit to teach us. So it goes on to say that a little bit later. But the Spirit searches all things, and that word search means it examines into, it investigates, it seeks out. You know, and it's in a way, I guess, it puts it so that we can understand it. Okay. That's the teaching aspect of it. Go to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. And we're going to read verse 23. Uh, I'm not interested in the first part of the verse because there's a context to that. I want the second part. And all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. Now, it's Jesus speaking here. So I am he that searcheth the reins and the hearts. Reins there 
is an old word for kidney. Okay. Yeah, so when we talk about renal um, therapy, that's kidney okay. therapy. Yeah. Uh, so we know what a heart is. Reigns is kidney, and the kidney was sort of considered like it was associated with all of the internal organs in the Bible where references bowels. And sometimes you heard terms like tender bowels and mercies. Mm-hmm. And it's not yeah. bowels, it's bowels. Because the feeling was that the gut was where the deep-seated emotions were. Okay. Love, compassion, tenderness. It, caught, it sort of got supplanted by the word heart because how many people want to sing, I love you with all my bowels? <laughs> you know, that doesn't make, <laughs> doesn't make for good music or not poetry. Not very romantic. Yeah, not romantic sounding. <laughs> uh, it's ironic because the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Yeah. So when you say, I love you with all my heart, you should be like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> um, but the idea is he searches the inner feelings, the inner thoughts, the inner everything about yeah. us, you know, through the soul. So Christ does the searching of the hearts and he knows the inner thoughts and he does so by the spirit. We just read that the spirit searches, mm-hmm. you know, and so it, the, it, the spirit then searches, communicates that to Christ and intercedes on our behalf in prayer. Okay. And that's an amazing concept of intercession. We're going to get to that here in just a little bit. But before we do that, I want you to go to Psalm 7. This would explain, and it's not that God uh, should be ever assigned a particular characteristic that says, okay, he has to do it this way. You know, God can do whatever he wants. He's God. Mm -hmm. So however it is that he knows all things is immaterial to me, and yet there's the idea that if Christ and the Spirit are searching us, that's the mechanism by which God can know. Hi, thank you again for listening to Bible Mysteries Podcast. We sure hope you've enjoyed our interview with Gary P. Miller on his book, Creation. And I want you to know that for the month of November, John, we're going to run a special. Really? Yeah, we're going to allow every new premium subscriber in the month of November to receive a free copy of one of Gary's books, either Creation in the Beginning, which we discussed in the episode where we interviewed Gary, or Hell... God's Prison, which is another one of Gary's books, and we will happily pay the shipping to send that to you. So if we can give you extra incentive to want to subscribe and become one of our premium podcast members, now you've got one more reason to do so. Awesome. Thanks again. Hmm. You know, he causes them, they're part of the Godhead. So it's all one God. But if you look in Psalm 9, oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just For the righteous God trieth the hearts and reigns. And there's that word reign again, right? He tries it. Nothing can be hid from the Lord. He knows who's righteous. He knows who's wicked. And he knows because he searches the heart and he can seek and see that which the Spirit discovers and, and, and makes known to him. When we get to the thing about it being an intercessor, we'll learn how that particularly applies to our prayer. That's coming up yeah. shortly. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Yeah. So go back to 1 Corinthians 2. I probably should have told our listeners to hold there. It's all right. The more you flip back and forth in the Bible, the better you get at finding the book. True. <laughs> it's like sword drills, right? Yeah. Try doing a podcast with Scott because he makes you flip back and forth like 25 times. <laughs> See, they can pause. <laughs> you don't get the pause. I don't get that. I have to go to the very first page and look up. Okay, where's that book at? <laughs> John sweats every time he drives over saying, oh, man, I hope I can find those passages in time. <laughs> so 1 Corinthians chapter 2 again, uh, the 2 instead of 1, and go to verse 12. Uh, oh, we were in 2 before. Now, we receive not the spirit of the world. That's a little less. But the spirit which is of God. Now, that's also a little less. Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting? That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So verse 12 is important. The Holy Spirit is a capital S. Yeah. In a King James Bible. Anyway. Yeah. The spirit that we have received of God is a little s there. So we've got several things going on here. We're going to find out one of the things the spirit does is it seals us. And it also baptizes us into the body. And it teaches us. Once it seals us and places us into the body, it gives us a, I'm going to use the term for lack of a better word, a teachable spirit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Little, little s but a spirit nonetheless that can receive the things of God 
and be taught by the Holy Ghost, capital S Spirit. Okay, that okay. makes sense. So that's what he's talking about there in verse 12, that uh, now we've received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, the teachable Spirit, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, because we couldn't know them otherwise. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And that ties us back into the comforter, which Christ called was, said was the Holy Ghost. Because to me, the reason it might be a distinction between ghost and spirit, followed by the you know preceding holy, mm-hmm. holy ghost, holy spirit, is because holy spirit functions in one aspect and the Holy Ghost is another. Maybe the Holy Ghost is that teacher, that comforter. And the Holy Spirit is the sealer, the intercessor, the searcher. Yeah. You know, but they're the same person. Verse 14, now this is interesting because it's important to know. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The natural man is a reference to somebody who's lost. If they're, if they're hmm. lost and they haven't been sealed by the Spirit of God, they don't have a teachable spirit, therefore they can't receive the things of God. It would be like you talking to a monkey, you know, and I'm not trying to say lost people are monkeys. I'm just saying that, you know, a monkey really wouldn't understand you. I mean, yeah. our dogs can understand a lot. You know, they, they understand no and yeah. dinner <laughs> yeah. and go out. But uh, it's not like when you, we have conversations with our dogs, but it's not like they understand all the words. They hear their name, you know. Yeah. If your dog's name is Trixie, they hear blah, 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 Trixie, blah, 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 yeah, couch. Treat. Blah, 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 <laughs> treat. Yeah, Trixie, blah, 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 out, walk, you know. Mm-hmm. They hear that, but they don't understand the rest of the syntax, you yeah. know. So it'd be a similar thing, I think, with the natural man. I think that's man. why so many people say when they become Christians or in their testimony that their eyes were opened. It's yes. like all of a sudden, like... Understand. All of a sudden, I understand. Whereas before, pe- people were presenting this knowledge to me, and I was like, eh, "Whatever, I don't have time for it," or I'm interested in something else. All of a sudden, it's like, "Wow, that's you right." You know what I mean? It's yeah, just, because it's, I, it's spiritual like discernment. I don't even know how to describe it. It right? really is. It's spiritual discernment. The Holy Spirit, in its capacity as teacher, teaches us the deep yeah. things of God. We're able to comprehend. We're able to learn now. Because of our position in Christ, and even says to close here, but he that is, a, to close these two passages, he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself has judged of no man, for who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, obviously no one, but we have the mind of Christ. Wow. We have access to the mind of Christ, the, the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, by being taught by his Spirit. I think that's also important to say here, <clears throat> just to add to that a little bit. Even for people that are are new Christians and they want to share the faith with people who aren't Christians, who are their friends or family, yeah, it's very important to pray about that. And I'll do it where I'm like, just give me the words because yeah. I don't have enough knowledge of your book yet. I'm trying to learn as much as I can. But right. then when you have to answer a bunch of complicated questions from the Bible, especially people that are putting up a front and shutting you down, you almost need the Holy Spirit to step in and say, just say this, and it just happens supernaturally, right? Like Absolutely. all of a sudden, I remember a verse I would have never remembered before. Yeah. I you think know what I, mean? I think my very capability of remembering any verses is <laughs> because of the Holy Spirit's power. Yeah, not because of me. I, I there might have been a time in my life when I could have said I had a pretty good memory of some things, but they were mostly yeah. useless things. Yeah, like you know, song lyrics or movie lines or jokes. <laughs> I mean. Fun How does facts. that help anybody? You know, fun <laughs> facts, right? But uh, but yeah, but now uh, as I get older and am more and more forgetful, it's clearly the Spirit of God yeah. helping me remember what's important, you know. And yeah. uh, you're right. It's definitely, um, it's definitely the Spirit that does that. And it's interesting you bring that up about trying to witness to somebody, John, because Paul said where we were reading earlier that when he came to Corinth, I determined not for you to know anything from me but Christ and him crucified. He wasn't mm-hmm. there to teach them the deep things of God. Yeah. They, he knew they couldn't have received it. He could only teach, the natural man can only receive the gospel. Yeah. So preaching the simplicity, Christ died for your sins, was buried and raised again, is the focus of what we should be sharing with somebody that we might think is lost. Yeah. Because if you're trying to wow them with your wisdom and knowledge in the Bible, as I have tried to do in the past, it's a waste of time because they can't understand it. They might be impressed by your intellect, but how does that help them? 
Yeah. It doesn't get them any closer to being saved. If you haven't told them the gospel, you really haven't well, told them anything. Because what you just read, because they're spiritually discerned. Yeah. So I wasted a lot of breath on people trying to impress them with what I thought was doctrinal things that I knew and never telling them how Christ died for their sins. Yeah. You know, I thought that was my my way into getting them to maybe come to a Bible class was to impress them with how much history that Bible talks about or the fall of Israel or this or that. And they would listen. Yeah. But in the end, it's like... How much are they receiving? I, I, yeah. yeah. I, it sounds like I'm, you're inviting me to come to a geometry class, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm not interested in geometry. Because uh, when if I had just simply told them the gospel, it would have simply put the spirit to convict their heart. And then if that God would draw them to it, they might want to learn more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's putting the cart before the horse, definitely. Uh, Deuteronomy 29 um, is, is a truth that ties back into the Spirit of God. The Spirit's not mentioned here, but we understand that it's the Spirit that teaches us. So when we read here, and uh, Paul was talking about the deep things of God, the Spirit searches the deep things of God. Well, look in Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Now, obviously, the context is Moses preaching the word of the law to the children of Israel. But you can see that the secret things of God are revealed by his spirit as God sees fit. Mm -hmm. So it's getting back to what we were saying about lately, God's been revealing some things to us, to his saints that maybe 200 years ago we didn't need to know. But as we approach the last days, we need to know them. So knowledge is increasing, like you mentioned earlier. So it's just a fascinating thing to be living in these times. I mean, it's scary, and yet at the same time, it's exciting. Now, I've made reference to it several times now, so let me get back to the Spirit making intercession for us and helping our infirmities. So that's in Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. And we'll go to verse 26 to start. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. So there's another function of the Spirit. This is God's Holy Spirit. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And that word intercession is just as you think, in between, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And I suspect when you put it all together about Christ searching the hearts and the reins, God searching the reins and the hearts, and the Spirit searching us, that what we find out is they work in conjunction. The Spirit hears us praying in anguish. We don't know the right thing to pray for. It doesn't yeah. say we don't know what to pray for. It says we don't know how to pray as we ought. Yeah. Because we don't know what's going to happen. We might be praying like God, Paul did, Lord, take this thing from me. Three times I have this affliction in my flesh, and I've been asking the Lord to take it. And his answer was, my strength is made perfect in witness in, in, in weakness. My grace is sufficient for thee. So God didn't take the affliction from Paul. Mm-hmm. Well, the Spirit was groaning as Paul felt the, the anguish of the affliction. The Spirit made known to the Father and the Son what the request was, but directed it according to the will of God. And that's what he's saying here. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Pray about everything, the Bible says. Pray without ceasing. There's nothing wrong to pray about, you know. Pray about Mm -hmm. everything. But the Spirit will correct the request according Mm -hmm. to the will of God, direct it according to the will of God. So, I mean, if you pray amiss and you're praying selfishly, I wouldn't recommend doing that. But let's say, you know, (laughs) Lord, I need a new car. But it needs to be a Mercedes, you know. Well, maybe that's not the car you need, you know. Maybe God will supply your need. So the Spirit will make the intercession. He he doesn't know that he shouldn't be asking for a specific thing for whatever he wants to do with it, flaunting his wealth or something. Uh, and there could be any number of better examples than that. Well, if you're praying to be to have a lot of money, right? yeah. which is not the right thing to pray for, right? You may be subconsciously praying not for money, but for peace of mind that 
money does give you financial freedom, which can give you peace of mind. Now, True. I'm not saying that it's going to solve everything. Don't, think, don't interpret this wrong. Well, and the Bible says money answereth all things. Yeah. You know? So it, it's, it, uh, I guess that's what I'm saying. If you're saying there, man, if I could just close this business deal, yeah. I'd make $100,000, and Lord, yeah. I really need you to push this over the edge. Right. That's the wrong prayer, right? Yeah. You might pray that, and the Spirit will intercede and go, Lord, Father, he's asking amiss, but we know that what your desire yeah. for him is not to have this deal because you've got something else you want yeah. him to do. So though he is seeking for this deal to go through, I'm interceding on his behalf to not let it go through because we know that you have something better. Yeah. yeah. And that may give him peace of mind, which is truly what he's asking for down the road. A good point. Now, as a Christian, you may get mad because you, that prayer doesn't yeah. get answered, right? You say, well, God doesn't want to help me out. But then you realize a year later that that was actually going to be a pitfall for you. Oh, yeah. Your life could have gone in the wrong direction, whatever. And you look down the a year down the road and you go, man, that was a true blessing right there that that didn't happen. Yeah. And since money can be a curse, when we yeah. talk about the example we gave, there could be a person that was not in the right frame of mind or stage of maturity or whatever it was where yeah. having a lot of money would have been a detriment to oh, them. Absolutely. Could have destroyed their lives, their marriage, their kids, whatever. Whereas once they reached a level when the Lord said, okay, now I know they can be an effective vessel for me mm-hmm. and use that for good and my glory, then the, he may allow something like that to happen. Yeah. And you could apply that to almost any scenario. Yeah. You know, almost any scenario. So another function of the Holy Spirit is that it seals us and places us in the body of Christ. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Yeah, it's, you know, you, you reminded me when you said that, John, of that song, Thank God for Unanswered Prayers. Yeah, I think exactly. it's a Garth Brooks song. But uh, th- there's some truth to that. It really is. Yeah. Maybe the time was wrong or the thing I wanted was the wrong thing. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, we read, He's referring to those who trusted in Christ and whom you also trusted. After that, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest, it's like guarantee, Mm -hmm. of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. And this goes a long way to giving us that eternal security that so many people are seeking you. A lot of people are in doubt that uh, once they're saved, they'll always remain saved. They think they could sin a sin and lose it. Yeah. And this is one of those passages that dispels that m- misdirected thought. Because if you're sealed by the Spirit of God, how are you going to break a spiritual seal? No sin you are going to commit can get you unsaved. So it's great to know that he's the guarantee, the earnest of our inheritance. And hence, it's called a seal. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Well, that's the best news I've heard all day because I would have already messed it up about a thousand times. Oh, you and me both. <laughs> the sealing is a promise, and that is the, it's the evidence of our adoption. Yeah. You know, so I think you can, uh, at least under Jewish law back in the day in the Bible, you could disown your own son, but you couldn't disown an adopted son. They had more legal Wow. Okay. Uh, rights than an actual child. Even today, people can disinherit or disown their child, but not an adopted child. And uh, go to Ephesians 4 while we're still here, just before okay. we leave the letter. There's one verse that uh, tells me you can't lose it, the seal, and that is verse 30. Ephesians 4.30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Well, it's just a second repeating of the fact that we're sealed until the day of redemption. But think about it. Why would we have to be admonished to not grieve the Holy Spirit if it could leave us? I mean, if you grieved me, I'd leave. Yeah. I'm tired of being around John. I'm I'm, I'm getting out of here. I've got the freedom to go. But he's saying, grieve not the Holy Spirit because you're sealed. Well, that means it can't leave us. So therefore, we should live our lives and think about the fact that we're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. It can be grieved. Mm Mm-hmm. That Which kind of makes me feel bad now. Yeah, <laughs> me too. It can't leave or break the seal so we can grieve it. So we want to be careful to not grieve it and have that relationship yeah, with it. absolutely. You know, have a personal relationship with the Spirit of God too. And then getting back to that thing about adoption, go to Romans 8 again. We'll go there one more time before we uh, wrap this up. The same um, chapter that talks about the Spirit making intercession for us Before it discusses that, in verse 14, it says, 
For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, we can get all the way into other functions of the Spirit here without going off on a tangent. But the Spirit convicts the heart of the person that hears the gospel to see their need to trust Christ. So led by the Spirit means you follow that conviction and you trust Him. And when you think about it, it gets back to the word spirit in Greek is pneuma. And there's something really fascinating about that. Remember last um, episode we talked about the word media? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And medium, and media is plural, and the media is that intermediary between the undead... Yeah. I, mean, I mean, the world of the dead and the and the living. And we talk about media disseminating lies of devils. Well, they're spirits. And that is also pneuma, but they're unclean spirits. They're devils, right? Mm-hmm. So the God's Holy Spirit is pneuma. But pneuma is also translated in a King James Bible as wind, breath, and air. So okay. spirit is one, you know, ghost is one, wind, yeah. breath, air. So when you think about it, when you speak, breath comes out. Air that you breathed in is used from your lungs to form pressure that goes over your tongue and your teeth, and you formulate consonants and vowels yeah. through the larynx. And we, we speak words, or we sing, or whatever. And in the very real sense that wind, you know, some people are full of hot air, right? You know, yeah. they yeah. call them a wind bag, right? <laughs> but in the very real sense that wind is coming out of us, breath, those words carry a spirit, and it's either truth or falsehood or whatever. But if you preach the gospel and you tell somebody Christ died for their sins, not only is there wind and breath coming out of you and a spirit of truth coming out of you, but the Holy Spirit of God is involved to the hearing. And if that person is convicted by the Spirit, then it does its job. It's through the words we speak, the power of God through the words we speak. Christ said the preaching of the cross is the power of God and the salvation. How? Because the Spirit of God is in those words of truth. <clears throat> and it convicts the heart to believe. Yeah. So bringing us back wow. here, the leadership. Many are led by the Spirit of God. They, they were convicted and they trusted. They are the sons of God. For you've not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, which is religion and the law, but you've received the Spirit, capital S, of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Mm-hmm. And if children, then heirs. Hence this whole thing about we're sealed until the day of redemption for the purchased possession, the heir, the inheritance, you know. We're heirs with God and join heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with them, that we may be also glorified together. And in the inheritance are crowns for those that suffer. If children and heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So the whole idea of the Spirit sealing us because we're heirs and until the time of the purchase possession, the the rapture, is showing that it placed us in Christ's body and identifies us as a child of God. He's been adopted. He can't be removed. And it placed us there the moment we believed through this mechanism, and this will be the last verse we read, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And this gets into the whole thing about baptism that churches divide over, you know, means of it, the type of, whatever. Yeah. There's nothing uh, water-related in this baptism here. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 12 says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. He's using an analogy of the physical human body that has different members, hands, feet, eyes, nose, whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they all are, it's you're one person, one body, but they all have different function. Well, he says, so also is Christ, his body, which is the spiritual body, the church. He says, for by one spirit, verse 13, are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all, been all made to drink into one spirit. Well, there's no water here. Yeah. It's the spiritual body of Christ. You're baptized with a spirit that puts you in that body. It's identification. Yeah. And we're placed in the family of God the moment we believed, and that baptism or identification is what places us into the body, whether you are anywhere near water or not. 
makes no difference. You know, the Spirit does that baptizing. So don't let water mechanisms be a distraction for you. You know, churches can fight all day long if they want to about the means or methods of water baptism, but it's the Spirit that baptizes you into Christ. It's the Spirit that seals you, and it's the mm-hmm. Holy Ghost that teaches us, that makes intercessions for us in prayer. And I'm with Dawn, Dawn on this one. That's very comforting. To know yeah. we have a relationship with the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, gives me uh, great joy. Do you think that water baptism is, it, you, I think you may have just said, it, is it a distraction then? I, I do. I think it's a distraction because it, it's it, traditionally why there's denominations. Yeah. They've divided over many things, but one of the chief ones is the method of baptism. Yeah. Yeah. And when that wasn't even the issue. And it's kind of like we discussed last week, John. Uh, we ignore the spiritual world to our detriment, you know. Mm-hmm. We quibble over non-essential things to our detriment when what we should be focusing on, and, and again, the, the relationship with the Spirit is something that we never emphasized a lot in my teachings, yeah. you know, growing up and, and whatever. <clears throat> yeah. uh, as a rightly dividing grace believer, uh, we were never emphasized to have that personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Only Christ, you know, and that's that's only um, that's one third of the Godhead that we should be knowing when we see how much the Holy Ghost does for us on a daily basis. I wonder how many people who sit in church and see baptisms in front of them are sitting there thinking to themselves, "Am I saved? Because I've never been baptized. Maybe yeah. I need to get baptized because yeah. that guarantees that I'm saved." And I just wonder how much of that is just outside. Yeah. Unclean spirits speaking to them, right? Absolutely. It's a distraction. Anything that's a distraction or an entanglement is going to take you away. Because I would argue that if you are basing your salvation on an experience that you had, yeah. I walked an aisle, I prayed a prayer, I got immersed in water, I got sprinkled, yeah. I spoke yeah. in tongues. I don't care what it is. If you're saying, I know I'm saved because I physically went through that method, hmm you may not be saved because if you've got a, the only peace you're going to have is knowing that I've been baptized by the Spirit into yeah. the body of Christ. Yeah. If you don't have that baptism, then the physical things don't matter, and that's how they can be a distraction. Okay. Don't let that be the basis of your yeah. salvation. The basis of your salvation is like Paul said, I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Commit your salvation to the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust him as your Lord and Savior. That's the knowledge of the pastor's understanding. Yeah. That's the peace. And that know gives. that you've been baptized with the Spirit. Yes. By one Spirit, into one body, sealed, intercession being hmm. made for you daily, and the guarantee until the rapture that you're going to be in, that you're yeah. adopted child of God. Yeah. That's a great thing. And you can't lose it. <laughs> you can't lose it. That's why he's called the comforter. Yes. There's great comfort in that. And I appreciate you watching and listening today. John, thank you. Absolutely. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Hey, thanks again for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode, and we so much appreciate you sharing with others and your friends and tell them about the show. We'd also love it if you'd one more time consider joining Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast as a subscriber. Absolutely. And keep in mind that your subscription helps us get the word out to as many people as we can possibly reach. So we appreciate you partnering with us. Don't forget, it's BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. And thanks again for joining us today.